This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. 49-year-old Erin Patterson is many things. She's a divorced mother of two, the heiress to a multi-million dollar property portfolio, and a deadly chef. She now stands accused of feeding her ex-husband's parents and his aunt one of the most poisonous mushrooms in the world as part of a fatal beef wellington lunch. Her ex-in-laws, 70-year-old Don and Gail Patterson, and her ex's 66-year-old aunt, Heather Wilkinson, would die in the hospital shortly after consuming the mushrooms that Erin claims she had no idea were poisonous. Erin would say that she loved her lunch guests and she would never intentionally hurt them, claiming that she picked the mushrooms up from a local Asian grocery store three months prior to the lunch and that they came with a handwritten label, so she didn't really understand what they were. It's also alleged that this is not the first time Erin tried poisoning someone, as her ex-husband had suffered from a similar mysterious sickness and nearly died just a few years prior. So did Erin Patterson intentionally poison her ex-husband's family, or was this all just some kind of big mix-up and a total accident? Let's jump right in. Before she was Erin Patterson, she went by Erin Scudder, a young girl who grew up in an affluent home in Melbourne. Her mother and her father, Eaton and Heather, were working professionals, with her father being employed by the government and her mother being a doctor, a professor, and a published author. Erin also had a sister who she grew up with in the quiet suburb of Glen Waverley. The children never went without the things that money could buy, but through text messages from 2019, it would be revealed that Erin felt like she and her sister sometimes went without love and affection from their parents. Erin would write that her mother acted like a cold robot that was, quote, ultra weird, saying, We had a horrible upbringing. Mom was essentially a cold robot. It was like being brought up in a Russian orphanage where they don't touch babies. 
On the other hand, Erin would say that her father was basically the family doormat. She said, quote, Dad wanted to be warm and loving to us, but mom wouldn't let him because it would spoil us, so he did as he was told. She would shout at him if he did the wrong thing, so he became very meek and compliant. Erin would even go as far as to describe her childhood as similar to that of growing up in a Russian orphanage. This text exchange happened shortly after her mother died, and none of these claims have been verified, so do with that information what you will. While Erin was a trained accountant at one point in her life, she would wear many different hats in many different careers throughout the years. It's honestly kind of impressive. At the beginning of the millennium, she worked as an air traffic controller for about a year. One of her former co-workers would say that she was well-trained, she was intelligent, and she excelled in her role. It was a very serious and important job that had her running aspects of the airspace, and yet one colleague would describe her to the Herald Sun as being a loner, saying, quote, Something was not quite right. She was a bit strange, and she didn't engage with anyone. She would say some weird, off-the-cuff things and just didn't get along with anyone. In another incident, a co-worker said that they vividly remembered a time when she screamed at another air traffic controller just because they had accidentally tripped over her headset cord, even going as far as to call them a buffoon. This girl had no filter. She was blunt sometimes and socially awkward at other times. Erin left her role as an air traffic controller in 2002. Over the next few years, she kept a mostly low profile until about 2004 when she was convicted of crashing her unregistered car during a high-speed chase trying to escape the authorities. She was driving 100 kilometers an hour in a 60 kilometer an hour zone. Her blood alcohol level was so high and the crash was so significant that she lost her driver's license for over two years. It was a dark time in her life, but things began to look up again for Erin when she met and married her husband, Simon Patterson. Simon was an engineer and a basketball coach who came from a really close-knit family. His parents, Don and Gail Patterson, they've been described as being deeply religious, family-oriented, and caring. When Simon was a child, his father, Don, dedicated his life to teaching. He taught both math and science, in addition to volunteering his time to teach English as a second language to Chinese students. Both of Simon's parents were beloved members of their community in Karumbara, and they helped with the running of a local newsletter called the Borough Flyer, which Aaron would help with later on in life. Simon was also a talented photographer, traveling all around the world to take photos to contribute to the newsletter, so it was a total family affair. After getting married, Simon and Aaron would have two children together. For a time, they ran a bookshop located in southwestern Australia before finally settling down to raise their family in Victoria. While Simon had his career and his hobbies in photography, Erin, she decided to stay home and raise the children while they were little. In 2009, 
Aaron's parents purchased and moved into a beautiful waterfront property that sat on top of a cliff overlooking the South Pacific Ocean. It was worth millions, a symbol of all of the hard work that they had put into their lives and careers, a place that they could truly unwind and enjoy in their retirement. When Aaron's father passed away, his ashes were spread across the beachside in front of the home. A few years later, Aaron's mother would also pass away after being diagnosed with cancer. With both parents now deceased, Aaron and her sister inherited the oceanfront property, as well as the other homes and investments that came with the estate. It was a multi-million dollar deal. They would sell the beach home for a large sum of money, making both Aaron and her sister independently wealthy pretty much overnight. It was around this time that Aaron seemingly began to struggle with her marriage to Simon. You see, Aaron was like many of us. She was a true crime enthusiast, and she was a big part of several online true crime communities where they discussed everything from what was going on in true crime to what was going on in their personal lives. Aaron didn't have a lot of friends in real life, so she tried to make connections through social media, as a lot of us do. And she shared a ton about her marriage and her husband on this true crime forum. Several unidentified individuals who were part of the same group would later share some of the things that she said. One post said, one post read, quote, My husband has no idea we have a cleaner come. I love it. Now, I don't resent the fact that he never helps me with anything because I'm not doing the big jobs either. Now, all I have to resent him over are the nightly dishes. She also spoke about the newsletter that she was working on with her husband and her in-laws, the Borough Flyer. She didn't have the nicest of things to say, though. In one message, she wrote, I am very good at details. That's why I'm good at proofreading, etc. I've been editing the community magazine for two years now, and I have to bring together articles written by illiterate and turn them into something legible. Sometimes I have to wonder if people forget that the internet, and in particular Facebook, are public. Even if the group is private, people can see what you're posting. And don't forget, it's forever. People take screenshots. This how happened like years before the mushroom cooking occurred, and people were able to go back and grab those screenshots to show the media. I don't know how or why she felt so comfortable in bashing her workplace and the very cherished newsletter that her in-laws had previously worked on, but she did. Between the years 2021 and 2022, she shared with the group that her 49-year-old husband, Simon, had suddenly become very ill on at least three separate occasions with a suspected case of Clostridium difficile infection, which according to the Mayo Clinic is a bacterium that causes an infection of the colon, the longest part of the large intestine. Symptoms can range from diarrhea to life-threatening damage to the colon. In May of 2022, Simon suddenly collapsed in the family home and he had to be rushed to the emergency room. He nearly died during the 21 days that he spent in intensive care. 
it was very serious. Simon would explain it in a social media post. He wrote, I collapsed at home, then was in an induced coma for 16 days, through which I had three emergency operations, mainly on my small intestine, plus an additional planned operation. My family were asked to come and say goodbye to me twice, as I was not expected to live. I have a big scar on my tummy, which is healing itself slowly, and I have ICU-acquired weakness, which is a common condition of people who lie in intensive care for a long time as I did. I can walk and do all the normal daily functions myself, however, my left shoulder in particular is very weak. Miraculously, Simon did survive, but his marriage to Aaron did not. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factor's no prep, no mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factor's chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, 
I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The pair would divorce and live separately, with Erin having the two children live with her the majority of the time. They would sell their family home that they shared together ahead of the divorce, and as part of getting the property ready for viewings, they had a handyman come in to make repairs, including removing graffiti on the walls. This handyman would call it the death wall, as it featured some pretty disturbing images that were allegedly drawn by Aaron's children. Some of what this handyman remembered seeing showed tombstones, knives, and decapitated heads, as well as the words, you will die within a year. Now, I'm not suggesting that either of these children did anything wrong, but this is just to give you a glimpse into what was happening in Aaron's home behind closed doors, because it certainly is unusual. They sold the home, and Aaron and Simon both moved on. Financially, she would be just fine as she still had her inheritance. She would own three different properties, including a beautiful million-dollar home in Leon Gatha that would later become known for all of the wrong reasons. And that brings us to July 29th, 2023. Erin invited a few people over for lunch, including her ex-in-laws Gail and Don Patterson, Gail's sister, Heather Wilkinson, and Heather's husband, a pastor named Ian Wilkinson. Erin had also invited her ex-husband, Simon, but he cancelled at the last moment. It was kind of an awkward invitation to begin with. Erin wasn't super close to her ex-husband or his family. Allegedly, Erin has claimed to have wanted to work things out with her ex-husband, and she wanted his family there to kind of help smooth things over. Simon's friends would say that he had absolutely no interest in ever reconciling with his ex-wife, which is probably why he decided not to go in the end. His parents and aunt, they decided to attend the lunch because they were worried for Erin. She was the mother of their grandchildren, and if the plan was to get their family back together, then they wanted to make sure that she was in an okay mental state. This is the reason Gail invited her sister Heather because Heather's husband, Ian, was a pastor and they thought that maybe he could provide guidance on the situation. Others who are close to Aaron have since come out to say that they don't even believe she had any intention of getting back together with her ex-husband, Simon. She constantly complained about him not pulling his weight when it came to parenting and household chores. And Erin, well, she was the one who had initiated the divorce and repeatedly spoke about how unhappy she was in her marriage. Those who really knew Erin, they felt like she would never want to go back to being with Simon. 
but the lunch carried on as planned, with her 70-year-old ex-mother-in-law, Gail, her 70-year-old ex-father-in-law, Don, Heather Wilkinson, who was 66, and her husband, Ian, 68 years old. Aaron cooked a beef wellington with mushrooms for lunch. Now, the two children, who were school-aged, they were not present at the lunch, thankfully. The following day, all four of Aaron's lunch guests would fall seriously ill, and they would have to be hospitalized. Initially, it was believed that they had food poisoning. Later on, the doctor would say that toxic mushrooms, called death cap mushrooms, they appeared to be the culprit. Sadly, within just a few days, her in-laws, Gail and Don, along with Gail's sister, Heather, would pass away from their illness. Heather's husband, the pastor, Ian, he would be in a coma for two months, but ultimately, he would survive. On August 5th, almost a week since the Beef Wellington lunch was served, the police want to talk to Erin Patterson, the chef who cooked the meal. They interview her at the station to ask her questions about her relationship to the victims and the events from the day of the lunch. She is released, but not before the police serve a search warrant at her home. Erin tells investigators that she purchased the bag of mushrooms from a local Asian grocery store. She couldn't remember which one specifically, but it happened approximately three months before the lunch. Now, at first, I was like, whoa, there's your problem. They are obviously super expired after three months, but apparently they were dehydrated when she bought them or she may have dehydrated them herself. Erin claimed that the package of mushrooms had a handwritten label on it that she couldn't really read, unlike the other prepackaged bag of mushrooms that you would typically find in these grocery stores. She said that she combined these mushrooms with a bag of mushrooms that she bought at another store, and then she made them with the Beef Wellington lunch. During a search of the home, investigators looked for the dehydrator, but they couldn't find it. They would later discover that it had been thrown away and they'd have to recover it at the dump. Erin could explain though, she said, when she heard that she was being accused of purposely poisoning her in-laws, she panicked and she got rid of the dehydrator. Erin also said that she too got sick after eating the meal and she even had to be rushed to the emergency room. So if she had done something wrong to make everyone sick, it was a complete accident. Police let her know that at this time, she was a suspect because she's the one who cooked the meal that had killed, so far, three people. The following day, Erin would give a statement to the media while standing outside of her house. Here's a clip. It's a tragedy what's happening. Can you tell us about the meal that you cooked? I'm sorry. Devastated by what's happened, by the loss of Donning. Don is still in hospital, the loss of Ian and Heather and Gail. They were some of the best people that I've ever met. Gail was like. Take your time. Gail was the mum that I didn't have because my mum passed away four years ago. And Gail's never been anything but good and kind to me. And Ian and Heather. With some of the best people I've ever met. They never did anything wrong to me. And I'm so devastated about what's happened. Can you tell I'm us? I'm a loss to the community and to the families and to my own children who've lost their grandmother. 
can, can you tell us a bit more about the lunch? What I can tell you is that I just can't fathom what has happened. I just can't fathom what has happened. That Ian and Heather have lost their lives and Gail has lost her life and Donna's still in hospital and I pray, I pray that he pulls through because my children love him. And you must be pretty shaken up by this as well. I'm devastated. I love them. And I can't believe that this has happened and I'm so sorry that they have lost their lives. How are you but I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Can you tell us where the mushrooms came from? She would later talk to the media to explain her side of the story even further. She explained how she was so devastated that the meal that she cooked may have contributed to her ex-in-law's deaths because she loved them so much. According to Erin, her two children thankfully were not at the lunch, but they did have leftovers the next day, minus any of the mushrooms, because as like most children, they don't like mushrooms, so she had taken them off. This is also when Erin publicly talked about how she purchased the deadly mushrooms from that local Asian grocery store, but again, she said that she couldn't remember which one. This statement, of course, made waves across the city, as other people were terrified that maybe they had also accidentally purchased this toxic mushroom. Asian grocers from across the city would come forward to refute these claims, saying that they didn't ever have any mushroom that came with a handwritten label and that none of their mushrooms had been recalled. The investigation into what happened to the three victims, it carried on in the background as the families began to mourn. There would be a funeral for Simon Patterson's parents, who had both died after consuming the toxic mushrooms. Aaron Patterson was not in attendance. Simon shared that his parents were never afraid of dying because they had full faith in God and the afterlife. He would say, quote, As mom and dad lay in comas in the Austin hospital in their final days, and each day we were unsure whether they would recover or not, it was comforting to know that when we said see you later, we knew it was true. The only thing we didn't know was when. I hope we will see you later. That was their hope and it is ours. It was no fluke that mom's final text message in our family group chat as she lay in the hospital was, quote, lots of love to you all. In mid-September, Ian Wilkinson, the only surviving guest from the lunch, would be released from hospital after spending months in a coma. 
He was incredibly lucky to be alive, as forensic tests confirmed that it was the poisonous mushrooms they ate that day that caused the other three victims to perish. It is only once he is released from the hospital that there is a funeral service for his wife, Heather. While things in the media go quiet again surrounding the mushroom poisonings, the investigation, it continued. The police, they do another search of Aaron Patterson's home, and this time, they use police dogs to help sniff out anything that they may have missed, including electronics that may be hidden. They also interview Aaron again, and on November 2nd, 2023, the police arrest Aaron Patterson with three counts of murder and five counts of attempted murder. The three murder charges and two of the attempted murder charges, they were related to that lunch that she served on July 29th. The other three attempted murder charges, they came as a result of an investigation into the mysterious bouts of illnesses that her ex-husband, Simon, had experienced years prior. The lead investigator on the case, Detective Inspector Dean Thomas, would say, Today's charges are just the next step in what has been an incredibly complex, methodological, and thorough investigation by Homicide Squad detectives. It's not over yet. And there was never a truer statement. This case still needs to go to trial. Erin Patterson has maintained her innocence this entire time. She remains in police custody, and she has not applied for bail, which I find kind of strange because she does have the money. Her case has been adjourned until May 3rd, 2024, in order to allow the prosecution to analyze evidence that was seized from her home, including a computer. And that is where we are with this story. As you can imagine, this case has been a media sensation in Australia and all around the world. I know that I personally will be watching for when Mrs. Patterson finally goes to trial, and I'll be waiting to hear all the evidence before I make a judgment. But I'll let the details that have been released so far speak for themselves. And I would love to know what you think. Is it possible that this was a total accidental poisoning and a tragic accident? Or do you think that there is enough history here for a potential motive to murder? I mean, after all, why would Erin want to kill her in-laws and two other peoples that she didn't even really have a connection with? Let me know your thoughts. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. I also have a Serial Napper true crime discussion group. It's called Serial Society. I'll have the link in my show notes, or you can just search for that on Facebook. I would love to chat with you about all of the cases that I cover and more. You can find my audio on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I post all of my episodes in video format over on YouTube, so go check it out. And if you're watching on YouTube, I would love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. I'm also over on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Serial underscore Napper, and I post things on TikTok. Serial Napper Nick, and that's all one word. Until next time, sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.